Hello one and all, welcome to the third edition of the Ollie Patrick Show, of course the first ever edition of the show since 2018. With that in mind, and considering I didn't really have too much else planned for this episode, I'm going to talk more about myself and some kind of 2019 related stuff in relation to that, as well as just kind of goals and resolutions and you know all sorts kind of related to 2019. There's also a, I think, an asteroid type disaster theory I came across whilst typing into Google just before this. So I'll mention that a bit even though I think it's been debunked a bit or whatever. And it was actually also Michael Schumacher's 50th birthday yesterday. Of course that being the 3rd of January so perhaps I'll delve into that a bit. He of course has been in a coma I think since 2013 unfortunately after a skiing accident. And he is a seven time world champion in Formula 1 of which I'm a big fan of and I think I've mentioned that before but I'll stop saying too much more and maybe investigate that a bit more later in the episode and share some knowledge and whatever with you guys and just to add I'm in different surroundings than the usual recording environment that I'm normally in so if this episode does sound a bit different or whatever that is probably why but anyway without further ado I think we'll dive into the first 2019 edition of the Ollie Patrick Show. Enjoy. So I think this part's going to mainly look at resolutions in terms of New Year's resolutions, my own as well as I think it was interesting to think of this as a kind of subject, you know, um, segment kind of heading and to think about how, what kind of New Year's resolutions are and kind of the history behind them. I mean, I suppose with the last two episodes we have looked into, you know, histories of various things in a little bit of detail, more so maybe in the first episode or whatever, but, well, probably both in both episodes, but in a way, yes, from what I've typed on Wikipedia again, Wikipedia is my main source of everything coming from my age kind of demographic. I think there's various things here, there's things about the Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. The Romans began each year by making promises to the god Janus, who I believe was that kind of two-faced type of god. Of many things is a lot of the gods were god of beginnings, gates, transitions, time, duality. Duality would be two kind of faces and all that sort of thing. Doorways, passages, and endings. In the medieval era, the knights took the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas season each year to reaffirm their commitment to chivalry. And there's various other things about a few things about Christianity. And Judaism. There's a few things there about the history of it. There's not probably. I suppose it's something which has arose out of more recent kind of times. You know, we all know a lot of the more popular resolutions. I mean, one of mine is to go to charity a bit more, but that's one of them. You know, lose weight, drink less alcohol, I suppose improve finances is probably kind of one of mine as well yeah 
various things. And we all know that it actually has a, a section for this on Wikipedia that, that the, the success rate of New Year's resolutions as well. I think it's notoriously low. <laughs> From what I'm aware, many people don't stick to them. But I'll, I'll at least stick to some of mine. I wasn't really even going to really do any, but I thought it'd be you know, a good way to hopefully motivate myself a bit more to do some of these things. So... And these are things I might have been doing in a way, so it's not anything I think overly major. But a according to Wikipedia, a 2007 study by Richard Wiseman from the University of Bristol involving 3,000 people showed that 88% of those who set up New Year resolutions fail, despite the fact that 52% of the student of the study's participants were confident of success at the beginning. Men achieved their goal 22% more often when they engaged in a goal setting, comma, and then brackets, a system where small measurable goals are being set, such as a pound a week instead of saying losing weight. So I suppose what I was just saying, that the goal setting type thing is just something where it's a bit more um, definition, a bit more described, instead of, as it said, losing weight, because losing weight is quite... You can say you want to lose weight, but what's the actual, how much weight do you want to lose type thing? And that would give you a bit more of a goal to aim towards. It's interesting, actually. Something else, actually, about the participation. Yeah, as well, interesting enough. You can tell this episode's a bit unscripted, but I think, as I said before, I was trying to think about what to do this episode on. I think the next, I was just scheduling the next episodes after this i think the next three or four i know what they're going to be on so <laughs> if i can if i'm motivated enough i should be able to script them a bit better so but wikipedia also says about the car participation here as well at the end of the great depression about a quarter of the american adults formed new year's resolutions at the start of the 21st century about 40 percent did in fact, according to the American Medical Association, approximately 40 to 50% of Americans participated in the New Year's resolution tradition. From the 1995 Epcot and 1985 Gallup polls, a study found 46% of participants who made common New Year's resolutions, brackets, e.g. weight loss, exercise programs, quitting, quitting smoking, were likely to succeed over ten times as among over ten times as as among those deciding to make life changes at other times of the year. I'm not sure that quite makes sense, but I think again what it says about those who are making more common New Year's resolutions like the weight loss exercise problems, quitting smoking really likely to succeed. So those are probably the ones which aren't as perhaps ambitious in what they're trying to do. So, I think that's most things about New Year's resolutions. I suppose this is interesting to that. You see it quite a lot on social media and I think all sorts, Facebook, Twitter, whatever really. I suppose that because of social media partly, it's become more of a, I don't want to say phenomenon, but more of a kind of, because everyone can see, you know, other people are doing it. It's, it's that kind of group mentality, crowd mentality to kind of post that you're doing something 
you know, for New Year as well, resolution. So, I mean, I personally think New Year's a bit overrated, but as that's, that's just me being a bit pessimistic sometimes, although I'm sometimes a bit more positive, but I view it as a bit more of an occasion for people to get drunk than anything else. It's something to be celebrated, but stuff like fireworks. I'm not overly against fireworks, but stuff like it's not, they're not too good for wildlife sometimes and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, as I said, I'm a bit pessimistic sometimes about some of this sort of thing, so anti-human nature, so. But anyway, I think I've tried not to be <laughs> so negative now, I suppose. Um, my resolutions, the first one, which is kind of an ironic one, <laughs> to be honest, is keep the podcast, keep the Ollie Patrick show up to date. Mainly because I want to keep this going, even if I've, you know, not been... I was quite motivated to do the first episode, a bit of a reflection here. Um, but probably not so much the second episode on anthropomorphism. And then this episode, like, I wanted to do it, but I was, uh, I'm, I'm doing this on the day. It's going to be out there on the 4th, so it's a bit more of a rush doing this one. And I'm not in my usual... Um, kind of place to to record the episode, so I've had to put a bit more in thought of where I'm gonna, you know, do this and whatever. So, yeah, but yeah, I do want to keep it up to date because unlike a lot, there's been a lot of other stuff I've done, like project wise and writing wise and whatever. That well, the writing aspect relates to one of my other kind of resolutions, but I I just want to kind of you know keep this going, keep it up to date. I don't you know I don't even know how many. I think I've had about, I think the last two episodes, about eight, nine um, listeners now per episode. I think nine was for the Pirates one. And I don't know whether or not anyone's listened to all the episodes. If you are, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, but, I mean, this is more, I mean, I, I know the quality probably could be better. And sometimes I maybe stammer a bit too often, which is, I mean, listen to the episodes back. For me, that's the main thing I've picked up on. Um, you know, I don't know whether or not that's a more common occurrence, but, you know, eventually I might, as I've said before, I might get guests on, but I think just at the start, I just want to get the ball rolling, really, and figure out a little bit more how to do this, and then look at getting guests on once I'm a bit more comfortable. I definitely do want to get guests, I definitely do want to get, um, guests on at some point, um, just to make it more interesting, and just to see the change in how the podcast will be kind of delivered. And I think it's probably maybe a little bit more interesting. It's a bit more of a discussion. Probably easier for me as well to not have to kind of think about what I'm going to say so much in the episode. Because I think that's what I've had to do with this one a little bit and the previous ones. Finding the information, finding the subject. Whatever else the discussion would maybe just be more question based. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think... I definitely do want to keep it up to date. I want to keep this rolling. I don't really want to, you know, give it up. I, I know I can talk about things um, well enough. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think the last two episodes were about 55 minutes, I think-ish. Which for me is like a good length. But obviously it's me talking for the entire period. So, you know, I don't know. You know, it's sometimes difficult to... Uh, I think I think when you... To, to kind of go into it and think, oh, I need to have enough content for this podcast to be um, 50 minutes probably long with the interludes I put in. Um, there's a bit, it can be a bit daunting, I suppose, especially at the start. So there's that to consider. But 
I think I've enjoyed doing it so far, and for me, the amount of listeners isn't really too important at this stage. I kind of want to get going. I kind of want to do it a little bit. I mean, personally, for me, just to kind of record some of my thoughts and to kind of, you know, so I can listen back and, you know, listen to this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> without sounding too kind of sort of egotistical about you in mind. But I'm not overly concerned about that, the listening, the listening count, which is weird in a way, because when, when I have occasionally in the past put, you know, writing up online, I think in particular I've been a bit more like, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I want people to see this. With this I'm not so bothered, bothered probably partly because I recognise that the, you know, quality maybe isn't as good. I mean, I don't, I think as I was before, I don't really edit these. I might do it at some point, but I just think I don't want to be spending loads of time editing, and I don't really know what I'm doing editing-wise with it. Um, I suppose I could learn, you know, you know how to edit it, really. But I think, as I said, I feel like I'm already spending enough time doing the pre-planning stuff and the actual recording. So for now, it will remain unedited. I think. But yeah, we'll move on now before I go on about the podcast for too long. Another one of my kind of resolutions, aims for this year, really, is it's partly to do with my course at university, which is writing and publishing, as well as just my overall kind of interests, really, is, and that is to read 104 books this year. 104 may seem like a weird kind of number, but in reality it's two times 52. 52 is the weeks of the year, I do believe. So it's basically just two books for every week of the year on average. Um, the reason for this is honestly because I want to kind of read more generally. I just feel like I don't read enough sometimes, especially with what my course is. Like, it's meant to be kind of looking at novels and books and whatever. So I feel like I'm not <laughs> representing well enough. And just because I want to read more, really. Uh, the nature of the book doesn't really matter. Like, I've read some manga in the last few days, started on one of the Cherub books. Um, by Robert McAmore, which I quite enjoy, um, The Other Night, so there's, there's various things in there, I'm not, you know, the manga will be quicker to read because it's less words, because it's the the nature of it being art and art and um, more comic book type style, you know, obviously in the Japanese way, but yeah, there's, there's just words, whereas the novel is obviously more words and it's purely word based. But I just want to read more, basically, and that's where that's come from. And just, uh, I think overall, just to get back into reading for me, and then to therefore write more as well, for me really is, to write more this year was quite a big thing for me. I have finished, well, for me, I, I find the draft of it's basically done, but I have written a book, which is, over 100k words, and I have sent it out to agents, because I think it is at that stage, but I mean, I have I have honestly received some positive comments about it, but I've just received reje- rejection so far, but it's an, it doesn't overly, overall, it doesn't really surprise me, because it is anthropomorphic, um, and it's, in yeah, it, it is anthropomorphic, so it's going to be hard for it to really get an agent, and to progress it anyway, because it's, it's kind of viewed to be a bit weird in that sense, if you know what I mean. It's like it's 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 more difficult for them to really, I think, market it and push it 
So, but I I might consider I'm considering possibly self-publishing it, either through the Amazon service on Kindle or possibly Wattpad, which is free, and just see what happens. But I don't know. <laughs> I think as I, as I've said to some people before, I probably would quite happily publish it on Wattpad, but I'd probably have to kind of market it still well because if I were to publish it to Wattpad and like no one were to read it that would really piss me off to be quite honest pardon my French um I don't really want that situation to happen I'd, I'd be more content to publish it on through Amazon through their service and to get lower views and then at least get some money for it because I think without sounding too kind of again pessimistic I suppose I think I should be paid for having done it really a fair rate or whatever because it is, I, I've spent a lot of time on it, so I think it's, you know, fair that, you know, it's a product, really, as well as, you know, a piece of art, so I think, you know, it's, it's it would be fair enough for me to kind of reap some kind of commercial reward for it, but I do quite like it, like, I mean, the one positive about it, and I might talk about it more in a later episode when it's, when I've decided what to do with it as promotion, it's partly why, actually, this podcast was created, because I wanted to build it more of a brand and platform for myself to help with anything in the future I might do so but you know I'm quite proud of it I think I I consider it good because I know I can read it I've read it a few times over and you know some of the chapters more than others but I know I'm quite happy to read any of the chapters again I'm not really too I'm always I'm I I think every so often I'd quite like to read that chapter again and stuff like that so I don't really have any kind of trepidation about reading it over. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm never really bored of it. I, I'm never really, you know, bored of wanting to read it again. So I think it's a positive in that aspect, really. But, I mean, along with the writing aspect, you know, that's related to that. But I, I do just want to write more. I, and I feel like I need to motivate myself to do it better because I just get to, yeah, sometimes I just keep track of the words or, you know, writer's block or whatever. I just want to motivate myself to write more and to do that, really, because I know I'm good at writing. It's been published before in an anthology, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. So, I, you know, I, and I do consider it one of the main thing I'm good at in life. It's the only thing I've really been able to, I think, excel at. So I don't really quite want to give it up. Um, And along with, I mean, that first book being done, the one I've just mentioned being over 100k, I do kind of want to do possibly early drafts on the books the two books after that book two and three um would be nice to finish as well i think i have done an early draft of book two in that but i've not quite gone back to it yet and i think i have to re-plan it and you know switch and swap things out a bit um i'm probably not too satisfied with it as compared to the first one but you know i can go back and uh, one of the things i say about writing really is, is for me i like to think of it as building blocks the first thing you write of any kind of story or whatever, it's not going to be maybe what you expect. It might not be as good as what you think it should be. But if you go back and edit it and write it again, then it'll find itself a bit more and you know, you'll know you be able to improve it. That's kind of how I look at writing. Um, the first thing you write is never really going to be you know, as good as it can be. It can only really get better by doing it over and over, so... That's why I think with writing, anyone can do it. To be perfectly honest, because all you re- it's more, for me, writing's more about the editing than the actual writing. Writing, I say, is in the first kind of draft of it, and then you can go and edit it 
create a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever draft. So it's more about the editing, really. You can start off with something quite, you know, basic and improve it, or you might be wanting to make basic because writing's so subjective. And there's loads of different styles, loads of different ways to write, and loads of different authors, and whatever. So it's yeah, as I said, it's really subjective. So I honestly think anyone can write as long as you know English. Well, any language, I suppose. Then, you know, you can do it in a way. So it's more, you know, I suppose it's more about the story than the actual writing. If you want to get published or whatever, you want to have a strong story or whatever, strong characters and whatever. Strong characters is in good characters, not stronger than, you know, natural or whatever, muscular or whatever. So just good characters, really. So, yeah. What other resolutions do I have? That's right, I think I mentioned earlier, just saving a bit more money and donating more to charity. Um, the charity I would donate to would probably WWF, which is the kind of animal one, just with some of the putting money towards like, I think some of the more endangered animals they have on there, really. Just partly because I feel a bit of a hypocrite sometimes when I thought this after kind of saying stuff about, you know, wildlife conservation and anthropomorphism. Um, a lot of my writing being, um, you know, kind of, you know, save the wildlife, save the environment type thing, and then not to actually really do too much about it other than kind of, I suppose, raise awareness with my writing when I can and depending on who sees it. So it'd be good to donate a bit of money. I'm a bit tight <laughs> with money sometimes, but it would be nice to donate money, and I think the animals need it more than the humans do in most cases, so... That's where I'd probably donate money to. And just really saving money more because I'm a student. So And what I get kind of money-wise, I should be saving some of it really. So And I, I know I can save some of it. It just requires better planning. Um, but with the new year, I'm actually in quite a good position financially now. So I should be able to save money soon. And I want to do that. And without sounding arrogant, like our last resolution, oh, I think there were more. I think these were the key ones, is still being a good guy. I consider myself to be quite a nice guy. Again, it might sound a bit egotistical or arrogant, but I know I, I kind of know I am, so without sounding, it probably does sound quite arrogant or egotistical, but I know I'm quite a nice person, a good person. Um, so I just want to keep being a good person, really. It was basic enough, but yeah. And I think that, I think that's everything in this section. I think this might, be quite a nice size. Um, we'll look at Michael Schumacher next a little bit, and also the asteroid that could spell the end of 2019. It might do, <laughs> maybe. So we'll look into those. It should be shorter segments. So yeah, we'll shall before I lengthen this too much. We'll move on to those. <laughs> like to talk about a seven-time world champion that is of course Michael Schumacher it was his I think 50th birthday yesterday it was dating the podcast but that was the 3rd of January 
2019. I think, um, yeah, there is something you could probably talk about to my F1 knowledge, having watched it since uh, 2010. And, you know, there's quite a lot of reaction to that, quite a lot of talk about it. And he's obviously quite a big figure, big driver. Um, unfortunately, he had a you know, skiing accident in, I think it was 2013. So, you know, not too much known about his condition now um, apart from according to Wikipedia as of 2016 he remained unable to, to walk or stand which is of course probably from another source but as an unfortunate case I mean it's partly why I don't really I don't want to make it so much about me or whatever but it's why I don't really like skiing too much you hear a few stories like that really unfortunately stuff like that and it's yeah it's a shame I'm not sure exactly what happened. I can't re remember, but yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But but we don't want to get drawn onto that. We want to talk about his incredible career. Um, he was sometimes known for being a bit underhanded in his methods. Um, he was you know twice involved in collisions in the final race of the season that determined the outcome of World Championship. One time with Damon Hill in 1994 in Adelaide and with Jacques Villeneuve in 1997 in Jerez, Jerez, however it is pronounced. Um, so there's been various, you know, a few things like that. I think I might be wrong, but was it Ayrton Senna did something, Prost or something along those lines, a few years back. So, I mean, there's a bit of history of sometimes a driver being over-aggressive in, you know, taking the other driver out to the level, taking corner points, and then for your lead in the championship, you do indeed win the championship. But there was an incident, I think, in 2005 or six as well, but I can't quite remember what he did. But, you know, not kind of dwelling too much on that. He is considered to be one, you know, if not the greatest Formula One driver of all time. He won seven world championships, as mentioned. Five of those were consecutive wins. I think between 2000 was the first, well, the third of his championship wins, so the first of that consecutive streak. He won again in 2001, then again in 2002, and again in 2003, and then his last again in 2004. So that's pretty incredible. It's the most world championships anyone's ever won. I think there's no one's won six world championships in F1, but there's a few drivers who have won five. I'm not entirely sure who they all are, but Hamilton would be one who, to be honest, even though I don't like him too much, I would have him down as the best F1 driver, partly because of how... Re, you know, relentless and ruthless he was this season in um, in the races since the mid-season break whilst Vettel kind of just fell apart unfortunately me being a Ferrari fan and by default supporting Vettel um, not too pleased by that but Hamilton deserves to win it this year so I'm not overly kind of bitter about it same as last year I think in a way Hamilton kind of deserves to win it but v Vettel was unlucky and in some ways, but then he also threw it away in various aspects, and I think you just can't deny how brilliant Hamilton was in the second half of the season, to be honest. 
So I mean, I'd ha I, I would have Hamilton down as for me the best F1 driver of all time. But I'm probably a bit biased kind of from watching Hamilton more than Schumacher. I only really saw Schumacher when he raced for Mercedes in between 2010 when he returned from retirement um, to 2012, where he wasn't quite the same. I think as much, but to be fair to him, the car wasn't as good. But I remember one time where I think he pushed Barrichello quite tight to the to the barrier at the Hungara ring in Hungary, and that was quite considered to be quite kind of improper, basically. So, uh, uh, you know, I think that could, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I suppose that's another <laughs> sign of his, you know, maybe bad conduct at times, but. He was a great driver. He raced for four teams: Jordan, Benetton, Ferrari, which he's you know most well known for. Unless I'm wrong, I hope I'm not wrong. I think he won his first two world championships with Benetton in between 1994 and 1995. Then he retired in 2006 and joined Mercedes, um, coming out of retirement in 2010. He's obviously most well known for being in Ferrari more than anything. The Mercedes thing, you know legendary German so there's a little link there he entered 308 Grand Prix 306 of those were starts he won 91 races finished on the podium 155 times claimed 1566 points important to bear in mind apart from when he was at Mercedes which was between 2010 and 2012 before I think it was 2010 the point system was different. The point system was the top eight would get between one and ten points. Eighth place was one point. Seventh place was two points. Sixth place was, I think, three points. Fifth place was four points. Fourth place, I think, was five points. Third place was six points. Second place was eight points. And first place was ten points in the old system. The new system, I think, introduced in 2010 means if you finish 10th you'll get a point if you finish 9th you'll get two points if you finish 8th you get four points if you finish 7th you get six points if you finish 6th you'll get eight points if you finish 5th you'll get 10 points if you finish 4th you'll get 12 points if you finish 3rd you get 15 points if you finish 2nd you get 18 points and if you finish 1st you'll get 25 points so they changed the system to reward, um, I suppose, taking more risks to win the race and whatever. So the points, you, I mean, really, you get quite a bit more points nowadays than you used to. So if you compare, if you were to compare his points record to, I don't know, Hamilton, I think Hamilton would probably be ahead quite comfortably, perhaps, despite less races or whatever, because of the points change. But to be fair to Hamilton, he has been around since 2007, 2008 now, which is really weird to think that way but he's been around for a while now as well I suppose and it's an interesting point Schumacher was around he debuted in the 1991 Belgian Grand Prix and he won the same Grand Prix the Belgian Grand Prix in 1992 his last ever win was at the 2006 Chinese Grand Prix which is of course the year he retired he didn't quite have the same kind of success when he came out for Mercedes. His last entry came at Brazil at the brilliant Interlagos track. 
you also go on Carlos Pache, Jose Carlos Pache, which is my favourite track. 101 minute and 10 seconds-ish of just very high speed and just corners. Nice, very nice track, Ele slight elevation changes. Best track for me. The weather can you know, can play a part as well, so if you don't know it too well. I said this as well this episode, if you don't know about F1, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying not to explain it too much, but I'm trying to explain some bits or whatever, so. But, I think as I said before, it's, if, if anyone's talking passionately about something, I hope, I think it's an you know, easy enough thing to listen to, so I hope this is the same. He would have actually, Schumacher would have actually been on pole in Monaco in 2012. I did find out, I didn't remem remember this um, with my own memory, but he actually, because he had a penalty, five place grid penalty for causing an, an avoidable collision with Bruno Senna at the Spanish Grand Prix the race before, he ended up starting sixth on the grid, which is a real shame because if you don't know Monaco, it's really, really difficult to overtake there. It's a really tight um, track, street circuit. So it's it takes place in, in the city of Monaco, near the port, front, seafront or whatever. So and there's tunnels and it's just you know, really tight. It's, it's quite a low speed circuit. It's really, it's really difficult to overtake. So if he'd started on pole, it would actually be very interesting to see what he would have been able to do from pole might have been able to actually win the race but he did end up retiring that race with fuel pressure issues on laps which is very so he might have still had that problem in a way but you know it's a shame it's just you know shame really it would have been quite cool to maybe see him win a race before he retired really but yeah it's interesting to kind of think about Schumacher really in terms of is, is he is he the greatest driver of all time in terms of F1 F1 is considered the, the pinnacle of motorsport, if you're not aware, why well, in my eyes it is in a way, it's a lot, probably the most money involved out of any motorsport and I think the most prestige attached to it, really, I mean, as I, I think I would have Hamilton as, for me, the best world champion, well, the best driver as well, I suppose, in F1. But it's a subjective thing, and people would have different opinions. I think you obviously would have Schumacher up there, but I would have Hamilton up there. Probably Hamilton's a bit more, as I said, Schumacher has won some of his world championships in a bit of a dirty fashion, so whereas Hamilton's always been relatively clean, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, Schumacher's won seven world championships. Juan Manuel Fangio. So I do think had won five, he has won five, and then Hamilton's won five. So there's only two drivers who have won five world championships, and then Alan Prost and Sebastian Vettel have won four world championships. So it's quite difficult to really. It's quite a prestigious list with F1. You don't. F1 is kind of one of those sports where, you don't really get anyone winning it who doesn't deserve to win it, especially now as I think. 21 races we had 21 races in 2018 the 2018 season and we should have 21 again in 2019 so you've got to really be on form for those races and to get into the top teams you have to be a good driver in a way so yeah it's not an easy thing to do I suppose <laughs> well for sure but 
I think that's what you know. All we've got to add. I might actually do an episode in future, um, a season preview of the two thousand nineteen season because I think I'm quite able to talk about that and any opinions I might have. Um, but we shall move on to a possible chasmistic event, a disaster that could occur in two thousand nineteen. I implore you to keep watching. This could save your life, maybe. Although this is over worded, overdone, but yeah. Next part, here we come. So hey everyone, in the final segment of today's episode, I thought, I typed into Google, um, 2019 disaster theory or something along those lines and I came across an asteroid known as 2002 that's 2002 NC7 and this is apparently a killer asteroid that could hit Earth at 60,000 miles per hour um, it could be hitting us next month <laughs> to get all doom mongering and conspiratorial on this segment um, it's something that NASA came across uh, it was previously announced I think sometime in 2018 of course um, that the asteroid was on course for low probability of impact in 2019 they'd even I think said they'd even estimated that it could hit on the 1st of February so it's about a month's time if it were to happen um, it was, you know, NASA though soon quickly retracted this. Um, NASA announced it had taken another look at the risk impact and found it was no longer a danger. They think it will now harmlessly pass Earth on the 13th of January. Somehow, well, their prediction must have been very, very out because they think it will pass 37, about 38 million miles away so that's even further than mars according to this daily star article by logistic source by H henry holloway uh the various you know a lot of the conspiracy theorists i suppose as you would expect remain unconvinced and instead of uh, instead of think of it as a cover-up it is i suppose a bit weird that I mean, I suppose it is an asteroid in space you don't really know much about, but con considering they said it was going to hit Earth and now it's meant to be that far away. I'm sure it is that far away, but it's a little bit bizarre in a way. But it was actually, according to this article, it was the first, it was one of the first asteroids ever to be rated impact risk positive, and its collision was estimated to be 28 times more likely than winning the lottery. Again, according to the article, four days of global frenzy about the asteroid followed, but NASA suddenly announced there was nothing to worry about. Scientists have done what scientists do, take more data and determine the rock is no longer a threat to planet Earth. But despite this, interest has resurfaced in 202 NC7, with 75 videos on the topic uploaded to YouTube throughout 2018. 
I think a lot of these um, numerous blogs and conspiracy websites, as the article says, have accused the world's most renowned state agency of covering of changing its story on the asteroid. I think I have heard various things about NASA being some kind of um, a conspiracy NASA, but they've, they've ruled out the impact, so we're not all going to die. It's a bit of clickbait, I suppose, for this episode of anything, but it was something to mention. I thought 2019, you know, what what's going to go wrong in 2019? There's various other things, I suppose, um, more natural disasters could happen. Um, hopefully they don't. Luckily, since I do live in England, we are quite lucky here. We don't really have any... Well, it depends where you live. I mean, you can get quite bad flooding in parts. And the snow can occasionally be a bit bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as, you know, countries in Asia. Like, I think, unfortunately, the... Was it the tsunami in... Pardon my lack of knowledge. I think it was either... I think it was in the Philippines or Indonesia type area. It was one of those countries. I think it might have been Indonesia, actually, but... Um, we're lucky that we don't live in a hot spot type area like that where they do unfortunately are quite susceptible to kind of global problems. Hi everyone, so in this episode we did cover a number of topics from resolutions, Michael Schumacher and F1, to a killer asteroid on the loose topic of 2019 all around 2019 i hope it wasn't too much of an information over overload for you uh, you know more just trying to get things together for an episode i mean i suppose it might be an interesting in a way different topic from one episode but you know 2019 yeah but in relation to that before i finish off the episode i would like to wish you a happy new year to you listening to 2019 and of course a big thanks for spending time watching this episode um with how society is now and whatever you know time is precious so you know big thanks to you for listening and ciao until the next one cheers guys see ya hi thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the ollie patrick show it's very much appreciated. If you'd like to keep up to date with the show, please follow me on Twitter at UK Eagle Claw or subscribe through your podcast provider. Also, if possible, if you enjoy the show or whatever, please leave a review or you know DM me on Twitter or whatever to say about ways I can improve the show. I'm only, I'm only starting out, so anything any help is appreciated. Thanks again.